Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey there, everybody. For a while now, Aziz and I and Sean have been wanting to come up with a way to host some regular discussions as opposed to our regular scripted episodes. Scripts are the way that we handle complicated topics that require significant research, but the spontaneity and community that come from these live chats that obviously we had a lot of during the Game of Thrones season, that's a great thing too. And you really can't have too much of that or too much content, can you? So welcome to the first installment of Why We Love, a series devoted to favorite parts of our favorite series. We're excited to launch this as it will enable us to cover a very wide variety of topics. So here are a few topics that the series will cover in the future, uh, where we might choose a character, such as why we love Stannis, why we love Arya, or a house, like why we love House Dane or House Mormont. But we don't have to only talk about things we love. We will occasionally go the other route. Why we love to hate Cersei or House Greyjoy. But this also allows us to talk theories, like why we hate the man sequels Rhaegar theory or why we love, you know, some other theory, why we love the theory about Naga's Bones. I don't know, something like that. Finally, the other great thing about this series is that it will enable us to have a wider variety of awesome guests, such as the group that we have for you today. We've got four guests all of whom are women. We've got Tara, Chloe, Lady Gwyn, and Haley. And so first of all, Tara, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, so hi, uh, I'm Tara. I'm really happy to be uh, on the subcast with you guys. This is my first time with uh, History of Westeros. So I've been on a couple other podcasts and everything for Song of Ice and Fire. Um, I am a writer and a panelist, uh, but the biggest thing I do in terms of this fandom is organize, or I'm founded and continue to organize Ice and Fire Con, which is uh, the fir- or was the first ever Song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones convention, actually in the entire Western Hemisphere, um, and about to have its sixth year. So. Awesome. Okay, Chloe, tell us about yourself. Hi, guys. I'm Chloe. Uh, I run Drunk, A Song of Ice and Fire History, a podcast on YouTube and Podbean. And you can find me on Tumblr writing meta-analysis and speculation theories and on Twitter as Liza Arbor. Great. I also am the marketing director for Ice and Fire Con. Yes, you are. Doing a great job, all of you guys. You guys post great stuff for that con. All right, uh, Lady Gwynn, we all know you, but you can tell us what you guys are up to right now at Radio Westeros. Yeah, hello, everyone. Good to see you all here tonight. Um, Like Shay said, I'm from Radio Westeros. Uh, We just finished our our three-part series on War of the Five Kings. So we have almost eight hours out on War of the Five Kings right now. Uh, That was just released yesterday. Um, what's up next for us is, um, I don't know, we have a few things um, going on for all of our listeners, but really what I'm looking forward to most is 
Tyson Farcon. Four weeks. Yeah, awesome. We're all going to be seeing each other in about, yeah, exactly four cool. weeks at this con. So next up, we have Haley of the Manimals, and she does Drinking Game of Thrones. Tell us about that stuff, Haley. Hi, I'm Haley Bowery. I'm the singer uh, and songwriter for the band The Manimals. We have a uh, record that we wrote about A Song of Ice and Fire. It's called Seven. Uh, and it's like seven songs that are from the different point of views of characters. Uh, and uh, I also do have a podcast that no one should listen to <laughs> because we're very drunk on it. And it's called Drinking Game of Thrones. Um and uh, my next thing, uh, I'm working on like new albums and stuff like that that are about fantasy stuff that's not Game of Thrones related. But uh, the next related thing I'm doing is going to Ice and Fire Con also where I'm going to be on a couple of panels uh, talking about songwriting and some other stuff, which is exciting. You're doing one with uh, Chloe, right? I am. That is our uh, just sort of uh, debrief on season seven. <laughs> uh, it should be pretty ridiculous. Great. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to all to talk to all of you ladies. Uh, we've been trying to get an episode with just me, not Aziz, and uh, no guys. So that's nice to finally get that in the works. We've been trying to do that for a while. Uh, I can be hard to schedule. Uh, so to talk about some other intro-y things, um, our next two planned episodes that will have Aziz in them. Uh, our house Manderly, which we're actually recording in two days on Sunday, followed by Blood Raven Part Two, and then Nymeria and the Ten Thousand Ships. So that should be fun, fun stuff. Uh, house Manderly will be in in your uh, feed in a couple weeks after editing and all that. A uh, couple of patron shoutouts: First Sword Jeff Gnarly, the Long Snapper. As always, we have to mention. Uh, then we have our Dragon Rider patrons, Lord Mark of House Joseph, the Snow in Winterfell, Rider of Mazalacartho, a white dragon with green scales, horns, wings, and talons. You should see that on your screen right now. And then we have Telenis the Talon, King of Gagasos, Rider of Telerius, a red dragon with scales, horns, and talons of midnight black. And our final dragon, Jinx of House Lyra, Green Queen of the Rainwood, rumored daughter of a woods witch, Rider of Irogenia. A sylphic albino dragon with amethyst eyes and opalescent wings that will not trip me up today. Uh, so, our agenda. We're talking about animals. And just for anyone asking, yes, that is Aziz in the chat. He's doing production. He should have been putting up images throughout all of this. And so you talk to him in the chat if you want to. But this episode is on animals, which Aziz thought would be a good pick because, you know, Ice and Fire Con is going to have that theme of, you know, wild and woolly Westeros. So that's great. But there's a lot of other reasons that we chose animals for our first topic. One of those is that animals are a huge part of A Song of Ice and Fire. Game of Thrones on HBO 2, though it's less so because it's really hard to film real animals. But we did get, you know, Tommen and Sir Pounce and... Uh, you know, we got Ned and Lady and the Dire Wolves and stuff like that. And those are some of the fan favorite scenes uh, when we actually get to see those animals. But it's very difficult for, the, for them to do that because you can't easily fly a real life wolf from one country to another. And sometimes cats can be very difficult, as I'm sure we're all aware of. Uh, and it can be dangerous for the animal, too, more importantly. So it's understandable, but still a bummer. But we're here to do something about that. We're going to talk about the 
animals in the series. George himself is a lover of animals. He and his wife have many, many cats. And if you have a chance to talk to him in person, he will easily chat about them for quite a while. I have sat and listened to him talk about stories about his cats before. And so I call him a cat person. But he's also been active with animal charities, most notably the Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary. And uh, so I think it's all very fitting that we chat about this. Who doesn't like talking about animals, really? Uh, some people, I suppose. But uh, so at Ice and Fire Con this year, um, they've had live animals in the past. Uh, last year, there was a raven. This year, there's going to be wolves. So very, very fitting. We'll definitely be talking some about dire wolves in this episode. And so I want to thank everyone for joining us. If you're here live, you can post your favorite moments in the chat and Aziz will take notes. And if you're joining us after the fact, let us know. Tell us all the people we, all the animals we forgot to mention. Uh, send us suggestions for future topics and other live streams. You can follow us at Westeros History or on Facebook, where we also have a group going on. It's doing pretty nicely. We've got probably 900 people in there now. There's been a lot of fun discussion and stuff like that. And uh, we've got some admins that you'll recognize from the comments and stuff like that. Uh, some names that are doing a great job running it. So, this episode, we asked each of our guests to grab a few of their favorite animal-related quotes, and uh, probably most of us grabbed more than we needed to because we like animals. And so, you know, I did the same. We were supposed to grab four. I originally had eight, and I got it down to six. They're short. They're short, I swear. But all these quotes are full of depth, plot points, and a few surprises. And as it is with just about anything Song of Ice and Fire related, the more you dig, the more you are rewarded. So I suppose I will start first with one, since I brought up George being a cat person. This is just a very short quote, but I thought it said a lot, actually. She's, it's a quote from A Feast for Crows, Circe 8, where she says, Her son was attended by his kittens. As she watched the cats frolic about his feet, Cersei felt a little better. No harm will ever come to Tommen whilst I still live. She would kill half the lords in Westeros and all the common people if that was what it took to keep him safe. And I think this is a really subtle quote because, I mean, who hasn't had a cat or an animal and had a really bad day, been depressed, all these things... And your cat or your other animal, it's not just cats. They just cheer you up. They really do the trick. And I think George for sure has had some some days like that where his cats playing at his feet have put him in a good mood. So uh, that's my first quote. Again, it's a short one. I debated whether to include it. But once I thought about how George was such a cat person, I thought it was a, a good fit. But I think there's more to it as well here because obviously it also shows Cersei's fierceness. I think it's interesting that they have cats that they're relating to here because they're Lannister lions, a bunch of other things. Oh we, got, oh, we also got some super chats that I will have to deal with as well, I suppose. Well, I mean, it is cool. Oh, Tara, you can go out if you want. I was going to say the cats, they're domestic Lannisters, domestic lions. That's what they choose to have. That's what, you know, Tom and especially gets little kittens and he is just a mini lion, a little docile lion. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little cub. Um, I, I was just, I was just going to say, yeah, like, uh, I, I've actually not the cat that's crawling all over me right now, but um, what, my other cat who he's like my old man, he's, he's 15 in April. So like in a couple of days, uh, he, he like knows when I'm upset, even before I know I'm upset. And I've had friends who have, you know, come around my house a lot and, and 
after he gets to know them, he'll do the same thing to them. He'll crawl up and lay on their chest and just kind of like stick his face in their face or stick his face in my face. And he, it's like, you don't even know that you don't even know you're upset, but somehow he does. So it's (laughs) like, I don't know. I, 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 all the cat quotes in these books are amazing. Like, I, I honestly think that that's, probably like, the cat ones are better than any others maybe because george is more of a cat person than anything else <laughs> other than turtles yeah, other than apparently. turtles <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh, we can move on All right, I, i'll do the super chat first before we move on to the next quote and, and if anyone has anything else to say about this one they can say that but we got a super chat from steven stark a round of drinks for the ladies 20 dollars. very nice we'll be splitting this all up among ourselves <laughs> Uh, I will have a drink of water. Thank you very much for paying for this sip. Uh, we also got one before the chat even started um, from Emilio Camacho Ariche. I think it's Ariche, probably. Uh, why wouldn't you love the animals? Probably because you're allergic. That's my guess. Probably that reason. But I can't think of very many other reasons. So, who wants to go next uh, with whatever quote you really feel like? No problem if it takes you a second to get to it. I'll throw one out next. All right. Um, uh, This one's from A Storm of Swords. It's Sansa 6. Sansa found Brian's old blind dog in her little alcove beneath the steps and lay down next to him. He woke and licked her face. You sad old hound, she said, (laughs) ruffling his fur. (laughs) Nice um, I love that, especially because it's Sansa in the veil. And I mean, we all know that she has a certain affliction for sad old hounds. So it's a very nice echo of her loneliness and time spent in that beautiful, huge, empty castle. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think all of those scenes with Sansa and that and that dog are particularly interesting, especially because we there's all those theories about her about her uh, skin changing coming out in that and her closeness with animals that she has. And, of course, we can't move on, although I think other ones show this more, uh, the comparison to her hound, obviously, Sandor Clegane. But I believe you'll have more that have to do with that later on. Uh, Let's move on, I suppose. Sorry, uh, it's hard not to get distracted by that chat, which is uh, going on. Uh, Who's got their quote picked out for next? Oh, I'll jump in because I have another Sansa one. Okay. Keep a good flow. Um, this is from Sansa 7 in Clash of Kings. And it is uh, sort of when she's gone to her room after at, during the Battle of the Blackwater. Sansa backed away from the window, retreating toward the safety of her bed. I'll go to sleep, she told herself. And when I wake, it will be a new day and the sky will be blue again. The fighting will be done and someone will tell me whether I'm to live or die. Lady, she whimpered softly, wondering if she would meet her wolf again when she was dead. Hmm. And I just have to stop for a second because I get a little, little emotional every mm-hmm. time I read that. <laughs> yeah. Just, just the mention of Lady and Sansa is so, she's so terrified, but she still has that connection and she still thinks of her, of her wolf when she is kind of in danger the most or when she's the most emotional. She still feels that connection so, so deeply. Yeah, and, um, that's a really sad quote. Yeah, really yeah. tempted not to linger on it too much before I, I start getting choked up too. I'm just thinking about <laughs> you know all the animals people have lost and, and the thought that yeah you'll 
it's just sad. It's just really sad, yeah. Especially when Sansa mm-hmm. lost her her wolf in such a traumatic way so soon in, in their life. It's it's extra sad for sure. And now she's so like she's so terrified that she's about to join her. Yeah. Like, she really thinks in this moment that she might be dead by the time the next day comes. And <laughs> that's all she can think about. Yeah. Rough. Rough, rough. Uh, okay, Tara or Haley? You guys have another a happy quote or a sad quote to go along with that, or something to say about to keep us crying. I have a happy one. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, so I picked out some dragon quotes, which are the least real of all the animals we're going to talk about. But for sure, but I no, lo- no less real to Daenerys. That, <laughs> right. I picked out stuff that, like, we were sort of talking uh, about them being as non-magical like what makes them not you know nuclear bombs what makes them little like her 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 babies yeah. babies so um this is uh from daenerys two in storm of swords uh behind the carved wooden door of the captain's cabin her dragons were restless drogon raised his head and screamed pale smoke venting from his nostrils and Viserion flapped at her and tried to perch on her shoulder as he had when he was smaller no danny said trying to shrug him off gently you're too big for that now sweetling but the dragon quilled his white and gold tail around one arm and dug black claws into the fabric of her sleeve clinging tightly helpless she sank into grolio's great leather chair giggling (laughs) and i liked this because it first off danny's giggling and like feeling like a like a, a girl like with her pets and um it, there's a lot of times she refers to them as like you know what's going to happen next with the dragons like they're going to get big and i'm going to get to fly them and they're going to be weapons and all of that and it's going to change her relationship to them but i liked that this is they're they're just her her pets and her her babies here mm-hmm yeah, it's actually her looking at their their past in that sense. Usually, she is looking at the future, and in there, she's you're, you're too big for that now. And I also like yeah. you bringing up the, the the use of the word giggling there because it's a subtle a subtle line that you might miss just how uh, how joyful she is in that moment, how she's in a good mood, and all that. And I, I think that's sweet for sure. It is. She doesn't get a lot of chance to be uh, happy to be a kid. I mean, really, she's. Yeah, kid at the beginning of the books. Yeah, she's pretty lonely too. Well, a lot of characters are lonely in Song of Ice and Fire, but she is like, you know, she's just surrounded by like older people and a lot of men, and like a lot of these female characters are, honestly. (laughs) But to have a pet there. Yeah, and she has her, of course, that grounds her. Yeah, yeah. And she has, of course, her horse, her silver as well, which we don't see much of in Game of Thrones yeah. at this point because uh, the awful killing of it. But uh, she yeah. does have, a, you know, a, a few animal connections more than her dragons, actually. Mm, okay. I was actually, I, I was gonna say I'll I'll go next, and I, I probably should have gone before Haley because, like, the the this quote would have led into uh, any sort of Daenerys <laughs> dragon quote oh, cool. really well see which one it is Uh, game of thrones and for the first time in hours she forgot to be afraid or perhaps it was for the first time ever the silver gray filly moved with a smooth and silken gait and the crowd parted for her every eye upon them danny found herself moving faster than she had intended yet somehow it was exciting rather than terrifying the horse broke into a trot and she smiled dothraki scrambled to clear a path the slightest pressure with her legs the lightest touch on the reins and the filly responded she sent it into a gallop and now the dothraki were hooting and laughing and shouting at her as they 
they jumped out of her way. As she turned to ride back, a fire pit loomed ahead directly in her path. They were hemmed in on either side with no room to stop. A daring she had never known filled Daenerys then, and she gave the filly her head. The silver horse leapt the flames as if she had wings. Um, and that's like so symbolic of what happens later with like her riding the dragons and like the fire and everything. Mm. But also, if anybody's ever like had, if, if anybody's ridden a horse and had the courage to give a horse its head, uh, it takes a lot of courage to do that because they're very large animals. I don't know. This like brought me back to mm. growing up on a horse farm and, and, uh, one of my horses uh where i used to just kind of he he was older but like i used to just kind of give him the reins and he would just like gallop down this straightaway on our farm like i don't know made me feel like a kid again <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure she i mean it's probably the most powerful danny it really felt up until that moment really with that mm-hmm. horse i would guess i also uh was thinking about Daenerys riding horses in the past and whether, I mean, they were living so, you know, by the skin of their teeth. I, I wonder how much they would have even had horses or who, who would have, you know, taught her to ride a horse. If she had a horse she'd had a connection with before. We don't know the answers, but it made me wonder a little bit about her past with horses as well. It's also something interesting that she starts off riding the horse and it's very symbolic of her sudden freedom that she's about to get and her kind of rebirthing from the flames. But then you push forward to Clash of Kings and her in the wastelands and the deserts with her people trying to provide and having to eat the horses. Mm. Um, not to, not to bum <laughs> everyone out. But. <laughs> horses in this series do not have very good lives. Yeah. So it's true. Here's laughing there. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm not even talking about them killing the silver in the show that doesn't like let's pretend that doesn't count right now i'm in general they're most of them are war horses or likely you know like farm horses that aren't being well taken care of so hmm. uh and also i don't think i don't think she had much experience with riding certainly not a horse of this caliber but sometimes i i, I think it's easy to know if you've never ridden a horse it's it is easy to know whether or not you can trust that horse when you're on it. Honestly, mm. at least I think it is. Hmm. I've ridden a horse probably when I was seven years old, very very young. I, I hardly would count it at all. But uh, yeah, we should all go out and do a field trip where we experience this power that Danny felt. I think uh, <laughs> we're gonna move on to the second round of quotes so i'm gonna do another one and then we're gonna have a little ice and fire con uh intermission chat so let me pick out which quote uh, this is the this is crunch time like i said i have six quotes uh, i've got to pick. <laughs> pick yes i have to pick okay i will pick this one i, I didn't pick when i set, finished that sentence by the way uh, okay <laughs> I'll go with this one. The Red Keep was full of cats. Lazy old cats dozing in the sun, cold-eyed mousers twitching their tails, quick little kittens with claws like needles, ladies' cats all combed and trusting, ragged shadows prowling the midden heaps. One by one, Arya had chased them down and snatched them up and brought them proudly to Sirio Pharrell. All but this one. This, one, uh, this one-eared black devil of a tomcat. 
That's the real king of this castle right there, one of the gold cloaks had told her. Older than sin and twice as mean. One time the king was feasting the queen's father, and that black bastard hopped up on the table and snatched a roast quail right out of Lord Tywin's fingers. Robert laughed so hard he, he was like to burst. You stay away from that one, child. And so there's a lot to say about this quote, I, I think, personally. Right off the bat, just the fact that George lists down all these different types of cats that really uh, are very, uh, you know, evocative visually to me as a cat fan. I can see them all very clearly, but that's more of a minor point. Um, really, what I wanted to get at with this was the mention throughout the series of Balerion, which was uh, that black cat there, Balerion, uh, the black cat. And at one point, he was a kitten, which was Rainey's kitten, and we'll have some quotes related to that later. But I think these quotes related to all the cats is uh, in Arya's plotline is really interesting and symbolic because obviously Arya has that mantra as quiet as a cat. And I mean, cat becomes very quiet later, Catelyn Stark. And so it's this uh, awful dark thing, but she's also, I think has become a little bit of a Balerian herself, I think. She she does. She, she, she's kind of a, she's a rascal. She's outside of the norm. And so I, I kind of associate her with this cat a little bit. And there's a lot more I want to say, but I will not take it all this time. <laughs> um, I Can I say something yes. real quick? Uh, I have I, My cat's a tuxedo cat, so he's not entirely black. Yeah. Um, but he, I, I just think you guys would find this funny. Um several years ago i was doing like a lord of the rings marathon with some friends over the holidays and i cooked a whole bunch of stuff and one of the things i cooked was a taters and onions casserole and i left it in the oven with the oven like turned off and propped crawled into the oven knocked the foil off of the casserole was scooping the taters and onions out with his paw and like he eventually um, maybe he got hot or tired of being in the oven so he jumped out with like food like in his paw and my dog went as well uh, where when i was a child you know under 10 years old i had this uh, it was a tabby cat not not a black cat, but I was eating like KFC, some like fried chicken or something. I was a young kid. I probably wouldn't eat it now, but uh, I was eating KFC and like enjoying it so much. My eyes are closed, right? Like as I have the drumstick <laughs> in my mouth, the, my, this cat comes up and actually bites into it while I uh, like have it in my mouth. <laughs> like so bold. So yeah, I, I can believe it that that cat did that. For sure, cats are very, very bold creatures sometimes. They are the real king of the castle, as it says. Uh, and I'm sure that's true in uh, pretty much any house that a cat's in, that they are the rulers, <laughs> I think. Mm, yeah. Another thing about this I just wanted to point out is the line, uh, ladies' cats, all combed and trusting. I don't really want to know what ladies had cats. I just want to know, which ones do I like more? That's what I got to find out. Uh-huh. Uh, a cool, uh, a cool parallel there too is when the you know Sans is always pictured as combing out Lady's coat in different memories, uh-huh. whether it's Bran having That's that memory. True. So it's interesting to think of the more docile, beautiful cats and the ragged cat that Arya sees herself as. Yeah, that, that's a great point for sure. So yeah, next next uh, person up in this round, whoever wants to move along has their quote ready. I'm ready. I'll take another. Okay. I got it. Cool. Uh, this one, I'll lighten the mood instead of bring it down because the rest of them are kind of sad. <laughs> they're all just, <laughs> they're all sad. 
Dog stuck his nose in one and yelped when a crab pinched it with his claw. A brief but furious struggle ensued before the dog came trotting back, wet and mud spattered, but the crab between his jaws. And uh, that's from Brienne in A Feast for Crows on the Quiet Isle. And all I could see is just dog just being such a good boy, first off. It's the best of boys, just getting the crab on his nose and just the dog. <laughs> Never had any funny, funny, ridiculous dog stories like that with them messing with uh, random creatures. Have you guys had any dogs that have gotten into too much trouble like that? Like a skunk or a crab would be kind of random, but... Uh, my dog loves lizards. Lizards, oh. As in she loves killing them. Oh, I see. So just um, and she'll like... Cause I, 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 I had her, when I got her, we, I lived in South Carolina and then I moved to Florida about a year and a half ago and she discovered lizards and she's not young. She's like 12 and she loves lizards. She catches them. And when she kills, she doesn't eat them. She just kills them and then carries them in her mouth with like the tail hanging out for like a few minutes and then eventually drops them. Uh, she also, I don't think had ever seen a turtle before I oh. moved down here. We have this whole thing where uh, the lizards are like the cold bloods and she's waging war against the cold bloods <laughs> and the turtles are the armored division. <laughs> really hates turtles. Like, I'm not kidding you. I She's only ever seen them from afar and she goes nuts when she sees them. I don't know what she'd do if she ever got a hold of one she certainly couldn't arm it really unless it stuck its head out but man she does not like cold-blooded animals uh. she's a little bit prejudiced or something I, don't know. Uh. I wonder what's i've hardly I, i'm picturing this is a very large crab by the way i'm like just in my in my in my imagination it's like the cartoon like bright red like huge crab i don't know i i was trying to think how many times i've actually seen a crab it's a dire crab. A dire, dire crab. crab. Yeah, that's kind of what I am picturing. Probably, it's probably way larger than what a crab actually is. Obviously, yeah. But uh, can move along. Anyone else have a dog dire wolf themed quote? Uh, well, I have a I have a dog dog dog, dog and dire wolf. Okay, so. well, let's do that one then. This is uh, re three from Storm of Swords. Uh, she's talking about Nymeria, of course. She mm. said. Uh, I wish I had a good mean dog," said Arya wistfully. "A lion killing dog. <laughs> she'd had a direwolf once, Nymeria, but she'd thrown rocks at her until she fled to keep the queen from killing her. Could a direwolf kill a lion? She wondered. <laughs> uh, I think anytime you know these kids are thinking about their lost wolves, it's sad and poignant, and especially Arya thinks if, a lot about how she had to throw rocks at Nymeria. I mean, it's obviously really broken her up. Um, but she, you know, she knows she did it to keep her safe. Uh, but I love that. Could a dire wolf kill a lion? Yeah. Cause she's, she wants to kill a lion. She oh, yeah. almost like, you know, <laughs> she's very childlike because she doesn't even realize that that thought comes. She's, she mentioned Cersei and then she just has this, Hmm. I wonder if a dire wolf could kill a lion. <laughs> it was so obvious that she's, just kind of wishing that Miria would, yeah, would killed Cersei, or maybe she will. I uh, I do love that after both of the girls lose their wolves, whether it be through Arya or through how Sansa lost her wolf, they both get a protective dog over them, mm-hmm. like pretty much. And then after Arya thinks that you want a lion killing dog, Arya, <laughs> well, well, <laughs> let me let just me tell you. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> 
Uh, we got a super chat from Stephen Stark again. A bit of trivia for us. Let's see if any of us can think of it. Can anyone remember owls figuring in a scene? I love owls, but can't recall a single single one in A Song of Ice and Fire. Well, we have, I think, oh, yeah. owl sigils. At least one. I there's think. Uh, the prologue. The prologue. There's a snow owl. A snow owl right in there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a great call. Um, Aziz just told me that the sigil I'm thinking of is House Mertens. By the way, mm-hmm. um, so we they're there, but uh, I wonder. Yeah, I mean, I I wonder if it's just less likely to happen because they already have to keep you know they have to keep ravens. It's uh, it's only mentioned twice. The word owl comes mm. up twice wow. in um, both times. It's in reference to Maya Stone. Oh, really? Um, yep. In Game of Thrones, she yeah. tells Catelyn, um, Michael the, uh, says I have the eyes of an owl, and then in um, Feast for Crows. Hmm. Um, it says Maya like to say her father had been a goat and her mother an owl. Oh, <laughs> I see. Aziz grabbed another a quote here um, from a Game of Thrones. Uh, I might have. I think I have a Sansa filter on. Oh. Yeah, there are some more. They're all in the north. There's just yeah. in the north. There's a lot of owls, but that's about it. I and see, there's yeah. I think there's one in dance. This, this, that's about yeah, it. This quote references an ancient owl that sleeps in the dusty loft above the old armory that Bran knows yeah. he likes the, he knows all the birds he's a bird boy uh, Herbs. unsurprisingly uh given what he ends up doing very unsurprising but yeah the ancient owl also there's a uh, one of the hours is the hour of the owl oh yeah and then uh, as he's also mentions the hour of the owl of course that's a great call as well that's when they let the owls loose um, Which is it's the owl, of the owl, <laughs> owl of the hour. No, hour of the owl. Hard to say. Say that. Six Has anyone ever figured out what all the hours are? Um, I don't think people have exactly pinned down every one. No, I don't think they yeah. have. I don't think we have the information to do it. No, not enough. Not enough. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah, we've talked about these these birds, owls. I'm not a bird fan myself, actually. So let's move on. I'm glad you guys didn't pick <laughs> a bunch of bird quotes. <laughs> Shaking my fist. Uh, who else do we have? Uh, Tara or Haley, right? One of you, either of you two? Oh. Um, I will do one then. Let's see. Okay, more dragons. Okay. I just wanted to talk about dragons. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is uh, Daenerys one from Dance with Dragons. Uh, so they're big now. Um, <laughs> Viserion sensed her disquiet. The white dragon lay coiled around a pit or tree, his head resting on his tail. When Danny passed, his eyes came open. Two pools of molten gold. His horns were gold as well, and the scales that ran down his back from head to tail. You're lazy, she told him, scratching under his jaw. His scales were hot to the touch, like armor left too long in the sun. Dragons are fire made flesh. She'd read that in one of the books Sudra had given her as a wedding gift. You should be hunting with your brothers. Have you and Drogon been fighting again? Her dragons were growing wild of late. Rhaegal had snapped at Eri, and Pisarion had set Reznax Tokar ablaze the last time the Seneschal had called. I left them too much to themselves, but where am I to find the time for them? And so uh, that, I don't know, I picked that one because we're getting to the point where she's, they're getting to be unmanageable and she's about to end up having to lock them up. And um, it's a really emotional thing to have to put them away. I, I think not just because they're like her children and her friends and her pets and whatever, but also it, just to the uh, intense 
kinship she feels with like being a dragon herself and you know the her as her house sigil and sort of magical targaryen dragon blood uh her connection to them having to lock them away is sort of like she's trapped and do their full like live up to their full potential where they are Mm -hmm. i think there's an interesting uh couple of lines in there about just kind of day-to-day life really um one is like when she says where am i to find the time for them i mean think about how hard it can be to find the time for your dogs now think about dragons like that's a full-time job i feel like just to to keep give them love and attention and train them and everything else so that so i i think that's an interesting angle but also when she says you know you're lazy i just think that's very relatable to pet owners that you're like you know kind of bad mouthing your pet teasing them a little bit lightly and this is something she's doing i like that yeah there's like so go on (laughs) i always get get a real um like a single mom vibe from from that passage Mm. because she's you know (laughs) she's overwhelmed by them she's like she's got these they become adolescents they're just a big giant pain and she's got to work all the time and she doesn't just, she just doesn't have the time to deal with all the thing, all the things that they yeah. have to do. Yeah. I feel like she's just kind of overwhelmed with the responsibility of them at this point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like also, to- I, I like how like they're also very, very much characterized like dogs here, like, like a tickle, like a rubbing under his jaw, uh, just, and like, they do sound like wild dogs fighting, <laughs> and, uh, uh, like the closest thing. Yeah. I'll go next. Okay. Because speaking of not good pet owners, mm. uh, <laughs> we have here. why oh. it upsets me at the end. Um, <laughs> this is from uh, the Hedge Knights. The old man always said that a knight should never love a horse for Sweetfoot and Thunder. The palfrey had been Sir Arlen's riding horse, and she had borne him tirelessly over thousands of miles, all up and down the Seven Kingdoms. Dunk felt as though he were betraying an old friend, but what choice did he have? Chestnut was too old to be worth much of anything. Sure, Baylor, Baylor Bracebeard dies and all that, but like the most depressing part of the Hedge Knight for me is that he never goes back and gets his horse. I feel really bad right now because I never caught that. I never realized he never goes back for this horse because I didn't have a, as much of a personal connection and now I I, I like Dunk less for sure honestly I, I I do I mean I I guess there's a chance that like he goes back after the fact that it's not in the text but I'm pretty sure he just doesn't <laughs> no it's like how it's very unsaid all of Dunk's time between the stories and mm-hmm. Eliana from Maester Monthly and I went on for a good hour during, uh, when we were recording Drunk and Egg together. We were talking about it and she was so mad, you guys. She was very angry. She was yelling for a good like half hour like, he didn't even go back. And he got- So yeah, Dunk messed up. Not the truest knight in the kingdoms. Even Sandor has a stranger waiting for him, okay? Like... I need to go back and, Dunk. and, and redo that bracket, Chloe, that you posted. I, I changed my opinion on Dunk entirely. Entirely. Oh, man, I, I really, really never realized that. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna, be- I'm gonna choose to believe that he went back, and it, the horse had a new home that could take care of him better. That's my, that's my canon. I'm sticking to it. I guess, I guess, I can get behind that because I, I, when I went to college, my parents eventually had to like get rid of my horse because they couldn't care for it and give it give her as much time as like I did when I was there but like I feel like I, I we should have that 
we should have that closure. Yeah. I want that closure. Yeah, I mean, he skips over so much in the Dunkin' Egg books. I mean, we, we he goes to Dorn, and they, we, there's all this it's the one, two paragraphs, you know? So mm-hmm. it could be just in that his adventures that apparently weren't good enough for us. But uh, <laughs> maybe he just hasn't done it yet. Yeah, he's, maybe he hasn't done he's it. Still, he's still he's back in that area. Yeah. At the end, you know, so maybe in the next... You guys are time. making a lot of excuses for Dunk right now, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm a Dunk apologist. The next book starts, he goes back for... Yes. You guys are only Dunk apologists because he's thick as a castle wall. That's all, That's all you care about. I'll see you, ladies. Uh, okay, so that was round two, I believe. So we're going to get onto some Ice and Fire Con chat, which means Aziz is going to have to be on the ball because I have some images I'm going to I want to put on the screen while we chat about this. Um, so, like we mentioned, Ice and Fire Con is going to have some wolves there. So especially if you're, do- like, if you're doing a Stark cosplay or any sort of Northern cosplay, you should definitely be going and doing that. But even without that, I'm sure you're interested in seeing wolves. I don't think I've ever actually seen a wolf in real life, uh, now that I think about it myself. So that'll be interesting for me. And there's one- uh, Chloe or Tara, is there one wolf, two wolves? Is it still up in the air? It's just going to be one, one, one. Um, because they have to, they have to yeah, have, we talked you know, about like that a earlier. handler and everything. <laughs> yeah. How expensive it is uh, for Game of Thrones. If Game of Thrones can't always get a wolf. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, they, they, um, they have to have like a handler and everything. And also they, but, but that said, um, there's going to be a wolf there Friday and a wolf there Sunday. I'm going to hazard a guess that it's not going to be the same one. Uh, okay. They, they, they. Unfortunately, they're animals. They can't yeah. really tell us ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. If that's the case, or, or which one of their wolves it's going to be, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I highly doubt that it would be the same one that they that they would put. You know, two days apart, they would put a, mm. an animal kind of. I mean, this is an a, not just an animal, but it's not a wild animal, but it's yeah. it's uh, it's not a tame animal yeah. like a house dog. Yeah, it's not a uh, super domesticated animal. Um, yeah, so so I mean, and that's kind of why when they're there on Friday, they're there for four hours, but they're only or I'm sorry, three hours, but they're only doing like two hours of photos, mm-hmm. and then the last hour is their panel. So oh, cool. yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> great. You know, panel Q and A, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we got a super chat here from Lucifer Means Lightbringer, mythical astronomy of ice and fire, of course. He said, give the boars some love. Borox monster, quote, John had never seen a boar so huge or ugly. And the black devil of a boar who killed Robert. Oink, oink. Well, are you going to get yourself a, a, a pig of some sort, LMO? Uh, what about like a little <laughs> teacup boar? Yeah. <laughs> a little you teacup know? boar. Yeah. My, uh, my family still has a farm. Oh. Um, obviously, I do not live on it yeah. anymore. But they ended up with a rescue pig. A couple. This was several years ago, um, and it, the the pig was kind of older, I, maybe a Vietnamese potbelly or something. But he had tusks, or he, he, I'm sorry, he had one tusk. They had to remove the other one because it kept growing into his cheek. I don't know, whatever animals, man. But uh, they didn't have a name for it. Like wherever they got it from, it was just like like a petting zoo or something. So they didn't have a name for it. And I was like, "Can I name it?" <laughs> and they were like. 
yeah, sure. And I was like, okay, King Robert Baratheon. (laughs) (laughs) They just called him him Robert, but like, yeah, he was King Robert Baratheon. He did pass away of old age, but he he died fat and happy. (laughs) He lived in their chicken coop area and he was like BFS with the chicken. So. You know, do with that um, what you will. <laughs> I, I don't know if these things were technically boars or pigs. They were huge and black, though. Um, and like, I think they, I think they like kind of tusks. So I guess they were boars. But uh, in Hawaii, they have a lot of wild pigs or boars um, just kind of roaming. And one time, I'm hanging out with my friends on, on just like a back road, and we're trying to move our car, drive down the road, and just a herd of these boars just starts crossing the road. It must have been. 20 20 of them, huge as can be, and they're, they're terrifying. Like, we were terrified. We just backed right up and went out a different way. Uh, we didn't wait for the, the – who knows if they would attack you. But, yeah, I mean, that's just a normal boar. I have to think Westerosi boars are, like, really huge, like, especially, like he says, Borox monster. I, I Yeah, I wouldn't want one of those as a pet myself. It's like how aurochs are giant cows. It's like, man, like every, it's like Texas. Everything's bigger yeah, in Westeros. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that should be a shirt. Everything's bigger in Westeros. Right there. Uh, but uh, so let's see. Ice and Firecon stuff. Back to that. Um, there's a couple of panels I wanted to mention. One of these, animal symbolism and foreshadowing. Who's on that one? Aziz never filled that in for me. Oops. <laughs> do you know Tara uh, or Chloe? Either that do. is, uh, oh my gosh, Butterfly, Butterfly. Oh, okay. from Song of Ice and Fire University, mm-hmm. and uh, a, an attendee named Shelby, mm-hmm. who um, is a new Ice and Fire con attendee, but has done panels at other conventions. I feel like there's a third person. Mm. Well, good enough of a. Oh, 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 yes, it's Trin. It's oh, Trin. cool, Trin from behind oh, the iron. Yeah, Trin. Great. I it takes it takes me it yeah. takes me a minute. Yeah, she's great. If you haven't uh, checked out that show, Behind the Iron Throne, they're uh, primarily uh, on Facebook, but they um, she'll probably do it again this year. Last year, she was doing live streams at the con um, at during like the parties and stuff just out front, which was really <laughs> awesome. I loved it. I, I did one too. It was really I was just so dazzled by her tech expertise and. Doing that, so that was cool. So hopefully she'll do that again this year. And so there's that one, which is obviously very relevant: animal symbolism and foreshadowing. Um, there's another one uh, with Lady Gwyn and Aziz, happy moments in A Song of Ice and Fire. And so that will be kind of related to this because obviously a lot of the ones, the, the animal quotes we've been talking about are happy moments. A lot of them are pretty sad. I'm looking at you, Lady Gwyn. Pretty, pretty depressing. <laughs> now, some of, some, some of them, actually, Tara's maybe got to be more uh, like overall with the dunk thing. But still, this will be happy <laughs> moments in A Song of Ice and Fire because depressing moments would be a whole day. So <laughs> it's going to be very short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we'll have stuff no, like that. No. Uh, we'll some good panels. A couple other things that Aziz didn't write down here that I wanted to touch on. Um, I'm doing Quiplash that Aziz will help me with. And Sean, if you don't know what Quiplash is, it's kind of like Cards Against Humanity where you just fill in the blank, but it's you use your mobile phone, your smartphone, and it's on a screen. Um, and I can create custom prompts for it. Um, so I'm doing Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire, Quiplash at the con, and uh, that should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, so if you're coming, make sure you check that out. And if you aren't coming, but you just want to submit prompts or use the prompts yourself for your own game, send us an email or something with that uh, to talk more about that. 
pictures and stuff. I wanted to talk about um, one of my favorite things about the con, which I like the cosplay, but honestly, my favorite thing about the cosplay is seeing people just uh, in real day-to-day life things. Like, uh, as you can see in this picture, as he's pulling up, this is, uh, right, that's Tara laying on the ground there, and she's on her phone up in the air. There's a cat uh, who is a Martell there just reading a book while uh, Becca, who uh, is cosplaying as Joanna Lannister, gets choked out. So, you know, you if you come, you can see scenes like that, which is kind of surreal, honestly. I really love seeing it. <laughs> just uh, little things like that. Someone's, I don't know what it is about it, just seeing, like, you know, Aegon Targaryen taking selfies or something. Just really, really get a kick out of it. Uh, so that's that picture. But you can also see the next picture as he's pulling up is of old Nan. Um, you can see there's a whole range of people who do cosplay. And this was one of my favorite ones was old Nan in the costume contest with Hodor. Um, Josh, who has done a lot, I mean, he does a lot of, a lot of cool costumes. And so, but that one was a particularly fitting one. It's, uh, one of my favorite moments of the whole con. And I believe she's coming this year. Is that correct? Who is yeah, old Nan, Cynthia? Old Nan. Yeah, oh, she is. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. We did a um because we moved and it's quite a bit farther mm-hmm. for her. She lives here in Florida and you know she's on a fixed income. Uh we did a little GoFundMe to make sure that she would be able to attend this year because we don't want ice and fire kind without old man. Yeah, she was great. So, she was yeah, really, yeah. really great. Uh, so yeah, you can see that picture there of, and she's actually on one of the panels. Oh really? Too. She's in a, yeah, yeah, she's on the sewing? costume and prop panel, um, which yeah, will be on Saturday. Hmm. Uh, the full the full schedule with all of the exact times for everything is going to be put out on Tuesday. Tuesday? No, uh, Monday, 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 soon. the second, the yeah, second. Cool. I I wanted to do the first, but like then I was like, oh, that's April Fools. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's not a great day. Yeah, that's not a great day for it for sure. Uh, that would be great if you did do an April Fool's panel, though. I know that'd be so much work. People would be mad, but I would like that, Frank. Sure. I thought about trying to do an April Fool's like joke with Ice and Firegun, but I just I I can't think of anything that would be not problematic. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I would like fall for it too because it's my birthday. So I'd be like, "What, Terry? You didn't tell me about this." And I'd be like, yes. Happy birthday, uh, Thanks. You share it with the Weasley twins. We'll make a yes, musical, We'll make a musical post on April Fool's <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, That's when you'll find out all about the musical. Okay, so I had another a third picture. Oh, the third picture I had was for the tourney, which I don't know if, if signups have closed already or if they're or if you guys are full yet. Uh, no, actually, the the tournament is about. Actually, it's exactly half. Full. Exactly half full. Uh, okay. Yeah. The um, signups for all all the pre all the events that require pre convention signups. Faceless Man is the only one that closes a full week before the convention, mm-hmm. and that's because it takes time to get that put together. Um, like a lot of time. But so Faceless Man will close on the twentieth. But honestly. Uh, it's it's gonna close before then it's been it's been 90 percent full Mm. for a while so so um yeah and and you have to have a ticket to sign up for these things because like the the one problem with the 
website we use for our uh, signups for these events is that there's really no way to automatically, there's no way to ask all the things we need to ask and also have it automatically turn off once it reaches a certain number. So uh, if I, if, if, if there's like a day when I'm busy and I can't get to it mm. and it goes over the number, the people who sign up without having like before they've bought tickets are going to be the first ones caught, which I posted about in our Facebook group earlier. Cause yeah. I, we definitely had at least one person sign up for something and they haven't bought it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so yeah, no, the, the fa- faceless man is probably the big thing that, that okay. if you really want to do that, I would buy a ticket and sign up for that ASAP. The board game tournament is also very close. I think okay. we have four spots. Oh, left. okay. So yeah, That's sign it. up for those. Um, yeah. And while you're at it, sign up for the tourney so I can see you get into some some funny situations here. Um, I think Aziz has the picture up now, or we'll have it up. Uh, this is one of my favorite pictures I took from the whole con. It's uh, Matt McSorley, who's uh, in a bunch of the Facebook groups and stuff like that, and is often commenting. Just, he, I mean, as you can see, he's not in any cosplay. You don't have to be in cosplay to do the tourney. Wear whatever. I mean, it seems smart to me a little bit to just wear some, some functional clothes but uh he went out there and he was just prat falling and flipping around and this picture has uh davos was who he was going against in costume while uh you know over in martel and, and and other people in cosplay i don't have it in front of me have those great great faces on there kk <laughs> one of the other organizers is just cracking up in the background i just, I, I keep saying this is my favorite thing at the con but uh Terry might be my actual favorite thing at the con just because it's it's just hysterical it's so fun and so people really surprise you with how, how good they do at it actually so, it's going to be more ridiculous this year. Oh, too. yeah. I forgot you um, have some other things. Well, added. Last year. Yeah. Last year was actually quite a bit more serious than it had ever been previously. So like imagine last year being more like more serious than it had ever been before. And then we're <laughs> taking all of that away <laughs> because <laughs> it's not going to be one on one sword fight oh, the whole time. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. It's first of all, there's stick horse jousting. Yeah. Uh, thanks to <laughs> thanks to the the love of stick horse that was you know. Are any of you guys doing lashes. the tourney or the stick stick horse thing? Anyone in this chat? I'm not. Yes, you are. Okay, awesome. I'm bringing my own stick. Horse Perfect. Too. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Yes. I, I, I've had that question several times, by the way. Yes, you can bring your own stick horse. The only thing you can't bring is your own weapon. Uh, we are providing those for safety reasons, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, not all stick horses are created equal, except for the six that we bought as a lot from the same website. So, um, but no, yeah. So, so there's stick horse jousting and then uh, we're doing actual like melee sword fights that are going to have, so we're going to have like several judges and it's going to be like, yeah. it, it's going to be a mess. I'm not going to lie, but that's how it had always been done before. And that's why the tournament was so enjoyable. The first like, not that it wasn't last year, but it was it was hilarious and ridiculous uh-huh. the first four years. Uh, four years, yeah, four years. So, so yeah, th- this year we're kind of going back to that. So there will be, depending on how many people, there will be like melees of four to six people, and then the winners of those will go into you know t- you know one or two more melee fights, and then eventually it will be pared down to a one on one thing. Hmm. But yeah, it, it, and and. We just, we just, I don't want people to take these things too seriously. This like, person in the chat, by the way, Tara, says, surely the stick horse tournament should be a tribute to Sweetfoot. 
Surely. Yes. Yeah. Pour yeah. one out. I, that's I'm going, you. To name, I'm going to name all six of our stick horses sweet feet. <laughs> These are our sweet feet. Our sweet feet. Our sweet feet fleet. Sweet feet. Something like that. Yeah. A new crossover. <laughs> so we have all this plus a ton of panels and like parties. Manimals are playing, which is Haley's band and more music. I'm just, there's like, there's a lot to do there. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and we will all be there. Aziz, Sean, other podcasters and YouTubers. Other just cool people that I'm sure you know. Other plus Brendan Beefish, Jeff will not be there, so you're safe to come. <laughs> <laughs> so just, you heard it here. So, uh, so let's move on to our third round. We're about an hour and a half in. Not quite even that. A little over an hour. So cool. So yeah, let's move on to our third round. I suppose so we can uh, get to all these quotes that we all went overboard on. I will start since we have somewhat kept that going. Uh, you won't hurt Daron, though, the boy said. He told you he'd fall down. And Arian, I remember when I was little, he used to come into my bedchamber at night and put his knife between my legs. He had too many brothers, he'd say. Maybe one night he'd make me his sister, then he could marry me. He threw my cat in the well, too. He says he didn't, but he always lies. And that's from the Hedge Knight. And uh, I really don't have a lot to say about that other than obviously the comparisons between, you know, Joffrey and Euron and just awful people. But uh, the main thing I wanted to bring up was I just didn't realize until I did a search in the books for cat. I didn't realize that Egg had a cat. I just didn't know that before this. I, I don't know. I just skimmed past it, I guess. So that was really my big takeaway. <laughs> What's that? Mm. Also, uh, on that note, it made me think about George being a cat person. Anyone who has a cat, I, I like he likes them. I like them. Is that like a signal that Egg is good? He isn't gonna be go fucking crazy and uh, sorry, uh, he's gonna go crazy and kill his whole family by getting too involved in things. Maybe he's still lucid. I don't know. I'm fingers crossed. I feel like I've I've known one person who like just did not like cats and they were not a good person. Like, I'm not talking like I don't care for cats. I'm talking like don't even get a cat anywhere near me. And not not people who are allergic. Like somebody yeah. who just hates cats for no good reason. They have no reason no to hate a cat. Reason. But they do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. So Joffrey cuts a cat open. Arian throws him down a well and like Ah, it's just yeah, awful. I, I, I was. I should have looked up what if Euron had done anything. Do you think the Greyjoys even had pets? Really? Probably, probably not. Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. If, he, if, if they did, he would have not. killed them. Yeah, hopefully not. I feel like it's like a nice foreshadow that like each jerk big brother that happens to be crazy, like Viserys being cruel, and then like Joffrey being cruel and Arian being cruel, all end up having horrid death fates like Joffrey obviously with the purple wedding and uh Arian you know trying to drink wildfire and turn mm-hmm. into a dragon which that was real smart we never said the Targaryens were the smartest family <laughs> yeah so uh yeah we'll see Euron get an awful ending too I am thinking 
For sure. Uh, we did oh, yeah. We did get a super chat here, again, from Stephen Stark. I uh, I don't think I said it, right? No. Okay. Uh, he said, thanks, ladies. Got to run. Wish I could make it to Ohio, but I'll meet any of you who come to Con of Thrones. Cheers, which is the next month, just about exactly a month after. Uh, and I don't know that any of you will be there, right? I don't think any of you four will. So... I can't make it. Yeah. It's so close to other con, like another con. And then you're doing Dragon Con too. Like you guys do that. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's hard. And San Diego Comic Con oh, too. Oh, so you are. Just like, Chloe yeah. and I are doing San Diego sure. Comic Con. Wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, with it pushed up one month this year from where it was, I just can't do both. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. We have, we're going to, uh, Ice and Fire Con, Con of Thrones, Dragon Con. But then like the week before Dragon Con, we're going to do World Con. And that's definitely a big stretch to do that. Yeah. But it's just George's only appearance until really the, uh, the next book is announced if he keeps his words. So I'm like, I won't miss it. I've never done a World Con. It should be fun. Uh, so we'll be there as well. But, uh, we will see. We met Stephen Stark at, uh, Con of Thrones last year. So we'll see you there again. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So yeah, next person's quote. Whoever wants to do anything. I can throw okay. one out there. Keep it going, because me and um, you, we have a certain perfect. order. <laughs> yeah, me and you, we got this. This is this is some good teamwork. Uh, this is from Sansa One in A Game of Thrones. Uh, you are shaking, girl, he said, his voice rasping. Do I frighten you so much? He did, and had since she had first laid eyes on the ruin that fire had made of his face, though it seemed to her now he was not so terrifying as the other. Still, Sansa wrenched away from him, and the hound laughed, and Lady moved between them, rumbling a warning. Sansa dropped to her knees to wrap her arms around the wolf. They all were gathered around gaping, and she could feel their eyes on her, and here and there she heard muttered comments and titters of laughter. I love that Lady, like, immediately, in the sense of danger, just immediately gets herself in between there of Sansa and the Hound and says, whoa, 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 mister, back off, mister big dog guy. I'm the big dog guy. (laughs) Chill out. And uh, I love any quote where Sansa's just got her arms wrapped around Lady. I saw a really beautiful piece of fan art yesterday. Kind of made me cry where it's just like what Lady would have looked like if she was fully grown. It was Sansa, like, laying on her and sewing. Mm. And just doing needlework while laying against her. And it's this big, beautiful wolf. And I was very sad. So I love lady quotes. Lady, lady. Anyone have anything else to say after Chloe broke that down? Because I have a challenge for you guys. (laughs) Um, Rebecca Baluk is a holding up acre phrase uh, standard super chat that he gives, which is we all have to say... Irish wristwatch three times fast. 
I suppose I will do it again since it's been a while. Irish whiskey. I already messed up. So there you go. I'm out. I'm not going to do it again. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't mind trying, but I've had like half a bottle of wine. Well, that's like a regular bottle. Like I like I've drank this, and like I'd already had like I don't think you can do worse than me messing it up on the first. The first reader. So what, of it. I can't what are you supposed now. to say? Irish wristwatch. Three times. <laughs> Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. There you go. So you did it. Oh, no problem. Oh, yeah. You got it. Okay. I think it's all about the wine. <laughs> Meanwhile, my, my phone, when I talk to text, can't understand 90% of what I say, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Who's next? Gonna... <sighs> I'll give it a go. Okay. Um, I surprisingly have had zero wine. <laughs> Very surprisingly. I know I'm <laughs> forsaking the drunk Aswath name right now. Uh, Irish wristwatch, Irish wristwatch, Irish wristwatch. Oh, oh, you did that, it. Oh. Well, a little, yeah. little sloppy at the end, but pretty good. Pretty close. <laughs> uh, okay. Who's next? Haley? <laughs> sure. Okay. I'm drinking beer out of a straw. So, um... <laughs> okay. Irish wristwatch, Irish wristwatch, Irish wristwatch. There you go. You killed it. It's all, it's all pretty, pretty well. I, I think it's all your uh, vocalizing, all your singing. You got it down. Let's oh, see, Lady Quinn. I just have to do a lot, lot, of, lot of those in theater school. Hey, Lady Quinn, you've got practice. You've had to do this before. But I had yeah. that excuse, too. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. Irish wristwatch, Irish wristwatch, Irish wristwatch. <laughs> Nailed it. I think you got the 100%. I think you got the best. Not that we're meant to be ranking it. I don't know why I am. I also but went I last, so I had a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's going to be my excuse. I went first. Yes. So, uh, okay. So we just did Chloe's Sansa quote. So let's move on to whoever knows what quote they want to do next. I will keep talking while you. I, I can do okay, one. Perfect. I'll do, I'll do Aria because okay. Aria Sansa. That's a, perfect. that's a good yes. segue. Um, also there's Sandor in this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is from Storm of Swords. Uh, they had two now, a stranger and a Sarl Palfrey named uh, Sarl Palfrey mare. Sorry, Arya had named Craven because Sandra said she'd likely run off from the twins the same as them. They'd found her riding, uh, wandering. God, I cannot read. Wandering riderless. I can say Irish wristwatch, but I can't say wandering riderless. <laughs> they found her wandering riderless through a field morning after the morning after the slaughter. She's a good enough horse, but Arya could not love a coward. Stranger would have fought. Still, she tended the mare as best she knew. It was better than riding double with the hound. And Craven might have been a coward, but she was young and strong as well. Arya thought that she might be able to outrun Stranger if it came to it. Mm-hmm. So that one has got, obviously, some horse action in it, some more there, which, uh, I mean, I guess Arya just doesn't have anything for this horse. Like, like she says, uh, she could not love a coward. It's just his name. Like, I mean, it, it did run off, but it's a horse. You can love a horse. I don't know. I, I think the, I think kind of the point of the passage is almost that, yeah, Arya, she's kind of talking smack about this horse. Yeah, but she like, talks smack she about really everyone. Does like it. But she also she really does like this horse. She true named Sansa, the horse I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Like, she talks smack about her, and she's rude to her, but she loves her. She loves her. She ran away from the twins, and Arya's, in her heart, she's probably, like, 
She's why couldn't my mother just run? Yeah, she's yeah. like she's like a yeah. she's like a kid, like a young kid that has a crush on someone mm-hmm. and is like talking, you know, you know, like being rude to them, but like deep down really likes them. I mean, think about it. The first half of the passage, she's like, uh, she's a coward because she ran off from the twins, but then also she's young and she's fast and she could probably outrun stranger. Like, are you as a kid? Are you as a kid? Well, and, I mean, and also, at, this, at this point, she hasn't become like what we know her as, you know, later in the series, really, uh, she's on her way there, but she hasn't quite become it. So, so she's still like child, uh, enough of a child to have that sort of like, well, I don't like this horse because it's, you know, not brave, but mm-hmm. also I like this horse because it's fast and young. <laughs> Well, and she's coming into like a lot of her morality problems. I mean, she was raised by Ned and Kat and she was raised with this very clear definition of do the right thing. And this is how to be a good person. And this is what being good means. And if somebody doesn't do this, they're a bad person. And you even see it after the twins. She says to Sandor, you know, you know right before she leaves him, she says to him, you should have saved my mom. And even though, as we know, as the reader, you know, Sandor was saving her. She would not have survived any of that. Sandor was really saving her with that blunt of the axe. But for her, she was saying, you should have done this. That's what a good person would do. And then she ends up entering a literal house of black and white and finds out things aren't always that easy. (laughs) (laughs) Two little ones. One is a question and the other one is forcing me to say this again. (laughs) Peg Leg Pete won. $5 super chat. Irish, pause, wristwatch Irish, wristwatch Irish, wristwatch. Well, thank you. I, I think that was easier if I had focused on saying it like that. Irish, wristwatch Irish, wristwatch Irish, wristwatch. Okay. Yes. I, I said it twice for you. Uh, so good. I said it twice. All right. Um, we also got another one from Mary R.H. If you had a direwolf, what would you name him or her? Now, that's a sweet question. I, I don't want to go first because I'm thinking about it. Uh, honestly, I tend to name my animals after a Song of Ice and Fire character, so I guess I would still just name them after a historical character. Like how, I mean, you, we, you all know me. Real talk, I would probably just name her Nymeria, like Arya did if, in Worlds. But uh, <laughs> if I couldn't go with that, I have to think about it for a second. Does anyone else have an idea? I mean, can I like cop out and just say I would name? it the same as i've named my dog yeah what's your way you, if you choose one I, though, uh, the first I have, a, I have a i have a boy dog named rigby after the beatles song eleanor rigby obviously but he was a boy so we had to go with rigby and then uh i have a girl dog named wendy but her full name is actually miss wendy darling oh so okay your piano yeah so. so it depends on what the diary like, is. I, and they're still alive, so I feel like <laughs> I, I, you know, they are my dire wolves in flop in all their floppy eared, fluffy goodness. <laughs> I know mine. I would probably do something kind of Arya style, name mine after a historical character, Rainus style, and name it after a historical creature. And I would name mine Moon or Moon Dancer mm. after Bela Targaryen's dragon because oh, it's my cool. favorite uh, dragon. I like that call going with the circle creature. Mm-hmm. That's nice. 
I was really obsessed with wolves as a kid, really <laughs> obsessed. Um, and in second grade, it was second grade mostly. Um, I just went through really intense obsessive phases. <laughs> and um, I, we read a book called Julie the Wolves. And um, that was, I think, where it all began. And then my second grade teacher took me like alone to a wolf sanctuary to look uh-huh. at wolves. It was weird now looking back, but um, <laughs> so I had to look wolves. it up. But I picked a name. I picked a name of one of the wolves from that book because that's my connection to wolves, which was Amarok, which is a pretty name mm. for a wolf. I've decided. I got yours down. I got mine. Yeah. I realized too. I saw my shirt. It's Agent Jack Bauer right here because <laughs> he really is the man. So. That's what I'd name my dire wolf. I've decided just because I, I don't have a good answer. Lady Gwen, what about you? Are you still? I don't have a great answer either, answer? but I think I'd probably want to go with I'd want something kind of <clears throat> something northern. Mm-hmm. You know, I would I would also go with something historical. You know, um, but the, none of the northern Stark names are very good animal like Bran, mm. John, the like yeah. think about Torin. So I'd probably pick like a wild thing. Oh yeah, Toramon or something. Grit. Like, yeah, Val isn't very great, Bale. but uh, <laughs> yeah, one of those great wildling kings or something. Do you so, have any pets, Betty Gwen? Um, currently, no. No, you don't. I, I figured had... kids would name them in any case. You maybe probably wouldn't name them. Yeah, I had cats. Hmm. Um, which um, I moved recently, so I I had to. Mm. Um, sadly, one of my cats passed away, and I rehomed uh, another one. I'm sorry. Over the course of my move, and she has not come back. So, yeah, um, she stayed with her. On that mm-hmm. somber note, TJ Pipes wants yeah. a high five. I just said <laughs> break that up. He, he asked it a while ago, but uh, he wants a high five from all of his ladies. I have to tell you, TJ Pipes, it doesn't exactly work that way. But I will still do it while laying down some knowledge that Aziz waited six years to tell me. Which is that if you want to high five perfectly every time, look at the other person's elbow instead of their hand or their face and you will nail it. And <laughs> I wish I had known that years ago. I am still mad about knowing that. But anyways, it, I look at my elbow while you high five me, TJ. Here you go. Oh, is that there? Yeah, that's there. It was the camera wasn't there. So I did my high five. You guys can decide if you want to high five him. I won't force I'll gi- it. I'll give you one, TJ. Yeah, I mean, sure. I don't know what I'm supposed to do exactly. Just do that. Yeah. <laughs> up high, down low. Oh wow, low five. <laughs> but yeah, did- whoa, too firm, too firm, TJ. <laughs> did I, I just want to say though? Did any of you guys know that about the high five trick? Was I just? Yeah, I, I was yeah, just heard that. Wow, I, I, I also I too late, too late for me, too late in life because too late to save me. <laughs> yeah, you know if that high five doesn't go through, it is what it is. That's just. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, who wants to go next? I think we have Lady Gwen or Haley. Neither of you guys have gone in this round. Is that right? Um, no. Yeah, I can do this okay. one. Either um, one. Yeah, I have, a, I have a another kind of direwolf quote. Uh, this is Cat seven from clash of kings um she's talking about the scars on her hands and talking to brienne and she says they sent a man to cut brand's throats as he, throat as he lay sleeping he would have died then and me with him but brand's wolf tore out the man's throat i gave her a moment's pause i suppose theon killed the wolves too 
Hmm. He must have, elsewise. I was certain the boys would be safe so long as the direwolves were with them, like Rob with his gray wind. But my daughters have no wolves now. Hmm. So what's going all on there is, Kat is trying to, <laughs> she's trying to convince herself, you know, about, or maybe justify the, she's getting ready to let Jamie free to go, you know, exchange in exchange for her daughters because she's convinced that, you know, they're going to be exchanged and they have no one to protect them because their wolves are gone. But on another level, I find this really sad and poignant because she's, she's so confident that Rob is safe with gray wind, you know, and that all of her other kids have been forsaken by their dire wolves. And um, really it turns out to be the exact opposite. (laughs) So, so very sad. Oh man, bring that Sorry, mood down, Lady Gwen. <laughs> my quotes. Okay, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were talking about things we liked. <laughs> <laughs> I like maybe why I'm, you love endings no, no, because they die. I'm the same way. I don't do happy endings or any of that nonsense. So yeah, yeah, I came here to be sad. Let's get sad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do love with Kat, like, it's kind of interesting because like Bran says in the beginning, you know, when Sansa loses her wolf, he goes, she lost or she lost her wolf and he gets sad. And when they find the wolves, the wolf's mom is dead. And he lays there, he goes, their mom's dead. Where will they go? And like, whenever Kat, that echo, and she just thinks all her kids are dead, mm-hmm. all our babes, you know, I mean, it's just real. What a bummer, man. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, for sure. I don't have anything depressing to say about that myself. I think you guys love that, me, honest. I do think it's a good quote. And I do think George kills animals beautifully. Um, you know, very well. I, I, it's it's sad stuff. It really is. And, and especially, like you mentioned, because it is just a bit of irony that, yeah, she, she thinks that. <laughs> and it's not true, exactly. Um, I honestly... I honestly think that what Arya has to do to Nymeria is more depressing than when they have to kill the wolves, like, or when they kill the wolves. Like, don't get me wrong. The killing is awful. Yeah. It's awful. It's like, but like, it's always, it's, They're always, so close and it's always very, it's always very sudden. And like with Arya and Nymeria, it's, it, it, it's like a separation, like, I gotta be honest, uh, that would screw me up if somebody forced me to separate from one of my dogs. Mm. It's just what? Like that. It screws her up. It's or in any way, just... but also like that, where she literally has to like throw rocks at her mm. to make her go mm. away. Like, I get that we got some sort of weird one-on-one moment with them in this show, but like, I, I'm like hoping for and dread, both hoping for and dreading them running into each other again in the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to talk about the show much here at all, but I will say I, I'm my hope's still out that that wasn't the end of Arya and Nymeria personally. But uh, that's uh, maybe it's for the best that they are separated because she'll just die otherwise. I don't know. Uh, I, that's kind of is what I expect out of the books is her death. Nymeria. Join us, join us in your sadness. <laughs> <laughs> One of us. <laughs> death. Uh, okay, so Haley, what quote you have? All dragon quotes, dragon stuff. Um, let's see. <laughs> we want baby dragons. Yeah, yes. baby, baby dragons. dragons. Yeah, would be nice. Okay, so 
this is basically the one of the early descriptions of what the baby dragons are like. So this is uh, from Danny One, Clash of Kings. Um, the dragons were no larger than the scrawny cat she'd once seen skulking along the walls of Magister Illyrio's estate in Pentos until they unfolded their wings. Their span was three times their length, each wing a delicate fan of translucent skin, gorgeously colored, stretched taut between long, thin bones. When you looked hard, you could see that most of their body was neck, tail, and wing. Such little things, she thought as she fed them by hand, or rather, tried to feed them, for the dragons would not eat. They would hiss and spit at each, each bloody morsel of horse meat, steam rising from their nostrils, yet they would not take the food, until Danny recalled something Viserys had told her when they were children. Only dragons and men eat cooked meat, he had said. When she had her handmaids char the horse meat black, the dragons ripped at it eagerly, their heads striking like snakes. So long as the meat was seared, they gulped down several times their own weight every day, and at last began to grow larger and stronger. Danny marveled at the smoothness of their scales, the heat that poured off of them, so palpable that on cold nights their whole bodies seemed to steam. Hmm. So, I don't know. I, I, I liked this because it's her, I think, like, you know, you get a new puppy or something like try, or like a new cat you're trying to like figure out what it eats and like how to deal with it um but also because it's a fantasy creature like there's actually several different descriptions of other kinds of animals in there of like uh to sort of uh connect you to it um snakes and cats scrawny cats <laughs> that she grew up with i guess uh, definitely makes me picture one of those weird hairless cats i love them i think they look yeah really the cool. sphinx cat yeah i picture that yeah, a little bit I like- just, yeah i think they're <laughs> I like them. I've always wanted one of these. It's always like, ugh, never. never. Uh, they're cool. They're so nice. That, like, I had a friend who had one. Those. They're like, they act like dogs, uh, and like, they're just like really super friendly and cuddly, and they just like soft wrinkles. I really just want to nice. touch one. I've never touched one even. I'm just so curious. Yeah. Like, I, I guess I've had like a cat where part of it had to get shaved, so I kind of get it. But they look different. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they're they're little hairless snake cats. Here. Yeah. <laughs> they still sound cute, though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with Some of it doesn't sound so cute to me. A little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the, the bloody morsels of horse meat, for example. Sure. <laughs> sure. A little savage, yeah. Are they eating... Uh, Honestly, uh, like I just think of it as steak, and it's fine. It's fine for you, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I just, worse. I just, I replace horse meat with steak, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Who cares about cows? I, I would, I would rather handle bloody steak than ch- raw chicken any day. Yeah, uh, like yeah. venison or something. It's like venison. Yeah, venison. Yeah, venison's fine. <laughs> yeah, venison's fine. I mean, it's a little gamey. Yeah, that is a little gamey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, better than the uh, human bones. However, that we see later. Is it though? Uh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that always makes me think of the future, like the fact that they toss their meat up in the air and try yeah, and yeah. And I always extend out to, oh, yuck! <laughs> this is what they're going to be doing to people one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They will be doing it to people. They are doing it to people yeah, now. Yeah. But aren't they mm-hmm. cute? Yeah. <laughs> Before you Aww. know how they eat, yeah. Those are adorable. Okay. <laughs> curious how she figured out how to feed them. <laughs> so that was round three. We've done each done three quotes, I believe, unless I somehow got off here. And so, and we are just about exactly on time at 90 minutes. We can extend out and get to whatever quotes we think we can, I think. And wrap it up within the next 20 minutes or so. 
Yeah. Okay, let's see. I'm going to pick my quote. Um, I'll go with this one uh, that I said we'd get to earlier. Uh, from a Game of Thrones, Eddard 15. Rhaenys was a child, too. Prince Rhaegar's daughter. A precious little thing, younger than your girls. She had a small black kitten she called Balerion. Did you know? I always wondered what happened to him. Rhaenys liked to pretend he was the true Balerion, the Black Dread of old. But I imagine the Lannisters taught her the difference between a kitten and a dragon quick enough the day they broke down her door. Varys gave a long, weary sigh, the sigh of a man who carried all the sadness of the world in a sack upon his shoulders. The High Septon once told me that as we sin, so do we suffer. If that's true, Lord Eddard, tell me. Why is it always the innocents who suffer most when you High Lords play your Game of Thrones? And obviously that's just a really famous quote, but we also wanted to talk a little bit about Balerion and their past. I had a question about this, though. Don't you think Varys would know what happened to this? Like, it's it's just around. It's done some, like, crazy things. You you know what happened to this cat. I, I, I don't know. I guess he just doesn't pay enough attention. Any thoughts on that? It's kind of a random I thought I had. Is he just being mm. facetious there? Like, he could be, but he also maybe, like, it's just something he hasn't concerned himself with. Yeah. Mm. He doesn't find the merit in knowing it. Yeah, I mean, little birds doesn't gotta watch out for cats. Realm. <laughs> yeah but uh yeah i, I kind of figure that as well but uh he said if you always wondered answer your question there it's your own question he's <laughs> always been there yeah he's just been there he's like he jumped up on king robert's table you know and uh, like I, I think you know who he is um i don't know i i had never really thought about that until i read it out loud honestly but um more importantly <laughs> uh, it, it, this is just showing the comparison between Rhaenys and, you know, the Baratheon Lannister children there, Tommen and Marcella in particular, but children in general, I can't help but compare it to Tommen, most particularly due to him having kittens as well, mm-hmm. myself. And so I'm, I, it's, it's very sad because, uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, Tommen's got it coming. I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm pretty worried about Tommen because I, I like him okay. I don't love him. Well, I, I like this. Uh, speaking of time, I, like, I imagine the Lannisters taught of the difference between a kitten and a dragon quick enough. And that I find that very sad, but I also, it makes me worry about Tommen because mm-hmm. I think a Targaryen might be. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the difference between mm-hmm. kitten and dragons in his own, you know. That's a good point. It's very sad. Uh, Sorry. Poor, poor little Tommen, yeah. Poor little Tommen. Poor little Rainy, Stephen Moore. Tommen, nothing's, nothing's happened to him yet. And uh, yeah, uh, it's a very uh, tragic story there. Varys tells. Um, I have to say a, a word to Aziz. I think our panel is in trouble. He's <laughs> <laughs> cracking up there. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> clearly a big downer. <laughs> You're the yeah, but person. Yeah, it's happy, but eventually <laughs> this will happen. Hmm. But uh, yeah, also, I, I am sad for Balerion as an aside. Like, I know, I mean, Rainey's is the one that was killed and she was an actual human and all that, but. It's just, I mean, he becomes such a mean old cat. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's an awful, he's lost his owner. It's just sad. Yeah. I actually, like, oh my God, I'm looking at it now because I, I was trying to find it. This is from 2013. I wrote this, like, really ridiculous Tumblr post uh-huh. about how it, it's, it's like a stupid theory about Valerian the cat. I mean, it is stupid, mm-hmm. okay? Like, there is 
nobody could absolutely could possibly believe this. The Rainies? But, is it a Rainies Warden thing? Um, no. I'm trying to remember. I know that's I'm, a theory I'm I wanted to mention. I'm glad you bring it up because that is a theory that people have is that Rainies might have warged into that cat in a second life. Which yeah, was, it start it starts with the the kit. Yeah, it's theory. a little crackpot, but it's less crackpot now that we know that they have Blackwood blood. I just thrown it out there, like straight yeah. up. Oh, oh, yeah. It, it starts with the kitten theory okay. where Rainies is Valerian. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, where it goes, yeah, I mean, it's all crap. I, I, I don't think Rainies is Balerian, the black cat. I don't, but I can't deny that, that that crazy theory was given more fodder after the world of ice and fire and all that. It, it, it is actually possible. It's legitimately possible, as weird as that would be. Very, I, 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 like, I think she would have had to, like, actually bond with the cat. I just, I don't think it really is possible, personally. I am not really a theorist, but uh, I just, think it's funny that that crackpot theory was given more validity years years later not to mention aria skin changing into the cat yeah yeah i, I i'm i'm probably throwing too much uh, shade on it than i should i, I don't think it is at uh-huh. that crackpot actually but i don't i don't really think it um i just think it's curious that he did add blackwoods but i don't think it was for like rainies to be a cat like, yeah. it's kind of like, what's the purpose of that? What's the, what will happen? Nothing happens. At it. How do you ever find that out? There's, it's, there's no reason for it. So that's uh, generally what I like. I think of when I think of theory is just what is the purpose of this? What is the literary significance? And I just don't know. Um, anyways, that was a wild spin on that little quote. So, uh, Chloe, do you have yours ready since you went? Yeah, I do. And I'm going to, I'm going to spitball left field. I'm going to wild card on you guys. You would not expect this one. Uh, it's from A Storm of Swords. It's Daenerys Six. I'm going with a dragon quote. I'm knocking Haley's game. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, <That's okay. laughs> she found Rhaegal asleep beside the pool, a green and bronze coil basking in the sun. Drogon was perched up atop the pyramid in the place where the huge bronze harpy had stood before she commanded it to be pulled down. He spread his wings and roared when he spied her. There was no sign of Viserion, but when she went to the parapet and scanned the horizon, she saw pale wings in the far distance sweeping above the river. He's hunting. They grow bolder every day, yet it still made her anxious when they flew too far. One day, one of them may not return, she thought. Yeah, uh, well, I think we saw how some of that might happen, uh. Yeah, there are chances of that happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, strong chances that more than one of them may not return. Very sad. Yeah. Like, it blowing me out again. Uh, no, I, I think it is a nice little thing. I, I like it when he describes them as like coils basking in the sun. I don't know. It makes me, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, relate to them, understand them more because uh, I, I like snakes personally, and I know a lot of people don't, but I, I do like them. So I can, I, I like the dragons a little more when they when he describes them like that. I guess I would absolutely have a pet snake if you didn't have to feed them. Like, yeah, exactly. Either. That's why I would never either. I just I, I love snakes. I just yeah. can't. I could not handle having to feed them a live animal. Yeah. Or sure. dead. Or dead. Yeah. <laughs> or just, just an animal. You're just dealing with that. Death. It doesn't matter. I don't I don't want, yeah. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Yeah, I agree with you there. <laughs> oh, there goes my dog. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't even hear it. So. <laughs> says i want a mouse uh i suppose we can move on move forward try to get through the rest in these next 10 minutes who wants to go next? i'll do mine my okay. mine's really mine's really short 
And this is, honestly, this is more about, like, Jamie than it is about the horses involved. Okay. But okay. I still love it. This is from Feast for Crows, uh, which, by the way, is my favorite mm-hmm. book of the series. His palfrey was a blood bay, his desture a magnificent gray stallion. It had been long years since Jamie had named any of his horses. He had seen too many die in battle and that was harder when you named them but when the piper boys started calling them honor and glory he laughed and let the dame stand glory wore trappings of lannister crimson honor was barded in kingsguard white Mm. honor is a horse (laughs) (laughs) we're all thinking it (laughs) i i love that i love that glory is the Lannister is what the lannisters are all about and our honor is his honor is the king's guard. Uh, just, I love that quote. I'm so glad you yeah. brought that one. I like that quote, but I don't think for the reasons you do. I just cracked me up those names, honestly. If it's always yes. cracked me up that their names are honor and glory. I, that that whatever that Piper kids good naming. So well, that's just that Jamie. Jamie has kid. a very dry sense of humor. Yeah, he really does. And and like the fact that. Yeah, it was it was it was the Piper boy who named the horses. But people are going to think he, that Jamie named them, probably. Yeah, but he laughs. Yeah, I love that he laughs about yeah, it. Yeah, shows his sense I mean, of humor. Undoubtedly, he's the one that was like, "Okay, we're going to put glory in the red and honor in the white." I mean, he's like, he sees the the kind of you know the subtle irony behind the subtle it. Irony, sure. Yes. I know, and he's thinking, too, at the same time. He's thinking, what do you know of glory and honor, boy? You don't know what that entails. <laughs> you think it's a horse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to get my own kitty cat. Well, oh, mainly he yay. was disturbing the camera. But, yeah, it's nice to have a cat on screen. Hey, Xerxes. <laughs> no, goodbye. Just a Bragger. important thing. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Horse chat. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll go because okay. then we can end. Cool. <laughs> Just in case mine is depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know what yours will be. <laughs> Very depressing. It's not that depressing. Okay. It's uh, it's from Game of Thrones. It's, it's from Sansa One. It's they're at table mm-hmm. and Sansa is feeding Lady under the table. Septimordain sniffed in disapproval. A noble lady does not feed her dogs at table, she said, breaking off another piece of comb and letting the honey drip down onto her bread. She's not a dog. She's a direwolf, Sansa pointed out as Lady licked her fingers with a rough tongue. Anyway, Father said we could keep them with us if we want. The septa was not appeased. You're a good girl, Sansa, but I do vow when it comes to that creature, you're as willful as your sister, Arya. And I... A lot of reasons I like that, but I really just love the comparison to Sansa and Arya. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a piece about it a long time ago, a few years ago now, and um, hmm. I just think they're really so much alike. And uh, mm-hmm. it's right there, right in yeah. early on Game of Thrones. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love that they both embody parts of Lyanna for Ned. Mm-hmm. You know, Sansa yes. is the young girl that's in, you know, falls for a crown prince. And he sees her as this hopeless dreamer, you know, sitting, listening to harp and songs and totally in love. But And Arya is, you know, the willful side of Lyanna with swords and disobeying. But yet they both connect over the wolf blood. You know, they both have the wolf blood very much so in them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I 
that you're right. I don't think that quote is very dark uh, or depressing. I, it's downright funny to me just when she says she's not a dog, she's a dire wolf. I can just Sorry. hear her saying it very snarkily. She can be yes. very cutting uh, in her tone. And uh, yeah, I, I love that line, actually. So preteen. So yeah. she's a dire wolf. Does <laughs> Yes, exactly. That's perfect. Uh. Also, though, like anytime they feed the dire wolves from the table, I'm just like, oh, don't do that. Don't do it. Uh, we, we, I'm not even kidding you. We had a friend who came and stayed with us uh, back in January, and he's from another country. It's 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 actually like Australia. Um, <laughs> But he kept feeding our dogs from the table. And when he left, we when he left, uh, we actually put him through uh, some trial, uh, some trials. He had to go through the trials of the seven. Uh, it's a long story. But in the end, he he won the trials barely. And so we gave him like a Stannis figurine as his prize and we don't do this to most of our friends by the way he he brought this upon himself um so when when he left you know he had this dance figure or whatever but he took he stole from us these other like figures that we were like so to win the Stannis figurine you actually have to renounce Stannis as your one true king and claim you know say that you believe that Daenerys Targaryen is the one true queen of of Westeros so he he renounced Stannis and you know claimed that Daenerys was the one true queen of Westeros and he gets the Stannis figurine but like we also made him I think it was say that like the governor was like awful from the walking dead and Carl was better and stuff. So they were like, and, and Oh, and uh, that, that uh, Loki was a ch- crappy villain or something. So <laughs> all things they didn't believe. We had these figures. We don't actually believe that, but <laughs> we just wanted, he, just he believed him. the opposite. Yeah, so we were making him. him. Yeah. yeah. So, so he took, these figures and he like violated our guest right and then he comes back and he's like but I they're still in their packages I'm going to send them back to you or bring them back the next time I visit and I'm like mm. but actually we also asked you not to feed our dogs uh, under uh, the uh, table uh, uh, like they don't get human food and you did so, so he's fired. you fired. still violated guest right but <laughs> I think uh, that's two points. Uh, one, they need to feed the dogs when they get there so they get that guest right. Two, if you bring a dog as a guest. Uh, but my other question there is, uh, is honey bad for dogs? Is it bad for direwolves? Do you know if honey's bad for dogs themselves? Like, I it's don't home so. with honey. I was just kind of curious. Like, uh, Sansa's just feeding her lady whatever, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't think that they can just eat anything. Kind of- More than a teaspoon of honey a day can impact their health negatively, according to the Google machine. Oh, okay. So uh, <laughs> they're carnivores. It's bad for their teeth. Oh. Would that make sense? It would be bad just because of the thickness and the sugar would probably create them. Yeah. So right. yeah, generally, uh, pro- yeah, shouldn't sh- Sansa shouldn't be feeding Lady whatever she wants. Uh, Septimordang <laughs> was right, although she was pointing it out because of propriety, not health. And foreshadowing, <laughs> Sansa having a dog at her table. <laughs> Ha. <laughs> I'm muting my <laughs> She'll be too excited It's for the better <laughs> Okay, super chat Just a decent, $4.99 That makes me think that this is a product For sale at my local convenience store 
Uh, it's very interesting, but it's Ashea is the best. I don't have Aziz here to say it for me, so I had to couch that by making a joke, but thank you. Uh, <laughs> moving forward. Was Haley, is you're the one that's left, or is it? I still have one, yeah, okay. I suppose. Oh, I thought it was uh, you. Yeah. Have time. yeah, we have time. We're All right. Perfect. Final dragon quote. All right, so... She felt this is about Danny, obviously, since that is like pretty much one of the only book <laughs> yeah, reviews that very really few. talks about the dragons uh, from Star Wars. Uh, okay. Mary Mazdor had promised that she would never bear a living child. House Targaryen will end with me. That made her sad. You must be my children, she told the dragons, my three fierce children. Arson says dragons live longer than men, so you will go on after I'm dead. Drogon looped his neck around to nip at her hand. His teeth were very sharp, but he never broke the, her skin when they played like this. Danny laughed and rolled him back and forth until he roared, his tail lashing like a whip. It's longer than it was, she saw, and tomorrow will be longer still. They grow quickly now, and when they're grown, I shall have my wings. Hmm. So, I don't know. I liked that one because it kind of talks about all of her relationships to the dragons, uh, uh, pets, children, possible weapons of mass destruction um, <laughs> in the future, all of that stuff. And um, I also thought about, yeah, like a, a pet that will outlive you, like a, possibly like a turtle, since we talked about George really liking turtles. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's sad because she's reflecting on her, this sort of strange new future for herself. Uh, but also it becomes, sweet when she feels that she can uh, possibly count on these dragons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that's a lovely quote. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of really uh, I don't know, powerful quotes that relate to Daenerys and her dragons. Like, I mean, you picked them all out right there. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, they really are just this I, I, like you said, I mean, they're nuclear weapons are weapons of mass destruction, but I mean, she really has very few other ways to grasp power, so she needs it. She needs her wings. Uh, I think I forgot to do mid-roll ad, actually, Aziz. Yeah. I did not do that, but I can do it at the end, I suppose. That's fine. Okay. See, I'm just making sure there's nothing else you wanted to talk about in terms of these quotes. Any quotes that anyone... Any other extra quotes that you're like, I actually really want to talk about this, or Ice and Fire Con, uh, heads up of any sort. Come to the Snarks and Grumpkins hunt. Okay. Hunt Snarks and Grumpkins. Do I need to sign up for that, Chloe? No. No, uh, you can come. Just a group of four to six people. I'll give you more info later. I'm going to, we're going to have some tweets out about it this week, but it's like a photo scavenger hunt, Mm -hmm. and there will be dragons and wolves to find. Oh, cool. So. Yeah, I know last year I didn't do whatever the hunt was and I was really, I don't know why I didn't do it or how I didn't do it. I was pretty bummed out. So I'm, I will do it this year. I didn't do anything last year. I got invited to the con to play in band um, and I'd never been to a con before and it was like the time of my life but I pretty much just partied um, and this year I'm doing, I'm going to do everything. I'm very excited. I just want to let you all know. <laughs> Well, I mean, the full schedule will be out yeah. on Monday, and honestly, uh, I I'll probably be up past midnight on Sunday, so it'll probably be up mm. like late, like that night. <laughs> cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm very excited. Very very excited. 
like I said, I keep saying something I'm most excited for. Right now, I'm most excited for Quiplash because mm-hmm. I'll be debuting this game I've been working on. I've got like 166 prompts so far, which is about half of what I want. Uh, and so I'm getting them. So submit them. This is my last. This is my last. You know, call for that. Please give me your funny prompts. Well, and also let me know, Ashea. Um, you know, let us know if you need any help with that. Uh, I talked to Cat can... and Dom, and they're gonna okay, contribute Dom. more. Okay, we have plenty good. of time, but like I said, I want them from as many different people as possible, different right. voices yeah. and stuff like that. So uh, the, the cards again, Westeros thing you shared with me was incredibly helpful, actually. So that was nice. Um, anyway, so that oh, cards yeah. against Westeros. Yeah, so I, I took, I put a bunch <laughs> of those in there. I even kept them separately in case we ever wanted to like do a different episode with cards like a cards against westeros specific pack with just those prompts you know whatever anyways i will figure that out later but uh like i I love it yeah like i said i will share once the prompts are done once i've created i can't share it until i publish it so like i have to i can't edit it once i publish it so around the time of the con i will share the the episode code so you all can play too uh and we'll talk about that more later so anyways i'm gonna do this long mid-roll and end roll thing that i usually aziz gets to do and i have to do now so that's fun sorry if i massacre your names and if I, any of you guys are at all rushed, you can get out now and say goodbye. But if you're not, you can wait and listen to me say this. I'll give you your chance, though, just because we're about two hours in. Okay. That's your chance. All right. I'm going to go. Okay. Credit to uh, our blood riders, Kohol Koei, master of the bow, called Sun Piercer. Her latest kill was Lady Mother-in-Law of House Bitch for shaving both of her son's heads without permission. Okay, that's that's a uh, that would actually yeah that would piss me off. At least boys, the hair hair grows back as as certain characters would say. So uh, we also have Vorsaki, wielder of a Valyrian seal, Arak with a dragon bone hilt. Jay Wilson, Winter's King. Sir Stephen, the Hammer of the North. Winter's King, Lord of the First Men. Lady Air Ardross, Mother of Wolves, Sir Brian the Returned, Knight of the Last House, Wielder of the Valyrian Steel Blade, Red Song, Sir Kobe of House Stonesmith, Words are Wind, Deeds are Stone, Lady Cat of the Big Pond, Wielder of the Valyrian Steel Blade, Ginger's Honor. You can get $5 off your tickets if you haven't gotten your tickets to Ice and Firecon yet using the code HISTORY. You probably should buy it now, right now, and sign up for all of the events, especially the Faceless Man competition, is what I think. More patron credits that you guys have heard a bunch of times, but from Aziz, so not me. The Mysterious BR, Hand of the King. Lady Suzanne Sinistral, the Learned. Holder of the left-handed Valyrian Shears, called Penance, Hand of the Beard. Lord Jim the Fortuitous of Wars Wars and Politics of Ice and Fireblog, which you can find, uh, not there, sorry, <laughs> and Warden of the West, Lord George Stormsville the Cunning, Lord of the Chiliad and Warden of the East, Cabothian Frozen, Lord of the Bricks and Castle Crimson Light, Defender of the Old Gods and Warden of the North, Lady Kelly McMath of Covington, Lady of the Villa Hills and Crescent Springs, Warden of the South. Next, we have uh, Lord James Tuttle, King of the Stepstones in the Narrow Sea, Commander of the Royal Fleet, consisting of the Narrow Fleet led by flagship Caraxes and the Bloodstone Fleet led by flagship Prince Damon. Charlotte Oster, Corsair Queen of the Western Shivering Sea, Commander of the Briny Fleet, 
whose flagship is the barnacle-encrusted violet-hulled Mercenaria. She carries the nacre-inlaid shucking blade Crass Lover. That's a good one. That's new. Uh, Lord James Inkblade, the Scholar Knight, Master of Whispers, Grandmaster Saria of the Barrows, Cinder of the Citadel, Lord Robert Jacobs, Master of Coin, Lord Daniel, the Sneaky Russian, Master of Ships. Are you watching the Americans, Daniel? Uh, Lady Dire Liz of Castle Gnocchi, the Alpha Patron, Lord Dan of the Red Mountains and Castle Great Bell, Breaker of the Second Stone, Lord Skip of the Velt, Lord of Castle Ganges, Gregor the Toasty, Lord of the Breadfort, everyone's favorite name, Alicia Everlasting of the Green Blood, Lady of Desert Rose, Lord Ryan of Castle Stonegate, Guardian of the Rocky Mountain Pass, Lord Garen de Havilland of Devil's Hand Keep, Ashland Winter, the Hawk's Eye, Lady of Castle Skyfall, Lady Michael, my, I can't remember how to say it. Mikkel. Mikkel, sorry, of Moonacre, leader of the Werewood Protectorate Alliance, Lord of the Halls of Castle Hillcrest, wielder, wielder of the Valyrian Steel Machete Everglazed, Lord Alistair Whitaker, Lord of the Donhold, Lord Bemmy Snugglebunny, Guardian of the Hidden Hundred Acre Werewood, Dual Wielding, Glorious Morning, and Little Light Wise, When You Fear Things Cannot Get Worse, Snuggle Bunty enters the fray. Brian the Defender, Lord of the Spearfort in the Freelands, last scion of Clan McCulloch, strength and courage. The Bastard of the Wolfswood, first forester of the Old Gods, sworn to House Iron Werewood. Listen for the silence. Connor the Dungeon Master, Lord of Catamont Kat- Keep and Guardian of the Smoky Mountain Pass. A lot of mountain passes. Lady Baelish, Dark Widow of Heron Hall. Lord Sidney Jesse, the Fallborn, Lord of Blue Spring. Nevesa the Twin-Hearted, suspected skin changer, holder of Castle Carahelm. Ser Valentin of House Deegan, creator of the Game of Predictions. Lady Liana Kelly of Wolf Island, protectors of the Steelhold. King's Justice, Sir Troy the Steady, wielder of the Valyrian Steel Blade, Fate. Whew, I'm like halfway through, you guys. Uh, that is halfway. intense, huh? You're more than halfway. More than halfway through. Okay, thanks, Aziz. I have more respect for Aziz today. Uh, <laughs> Lady Chain of House Celtigar, the Emerald of the Evening, wielder of the Valyrian Steel Axe, Painkiller, Mistress of Sea Eagles, Mistress of Ships, Ilia of Upstate, Master of Coin, Grand Maester Elizabeth, Middle Daughter of Liana Mormont, First Lady to Forge both the Silver and Valyrian Steel Link, Bold Betha of House Copperhook, Still waters run deep, Master of Laws, and Lord Commander of the Kingsguard, the Smiling Wolf, Lord Commander Stephen Stark, all the super chats, cartographer of kings who earned a white cloak through wisdom and learning as much as skill at arms. Now my Queensguard, Lord Captain Commander Hema Helmand, the, se- the Sellsword Sentinel, Lady Nymeria of House Sea Pertle. Alexander of House Atreides from the Seat of Dune. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Becca the Bard, Songbird of the North. Sir Eric Redbeard Odinson, wielder of Tempest, a monstrous warhammer. Michonne the, Michonne the Melodious, star of Old Town, minds over masters. Sir Rambo, knight of House Ganon. First Blood. Oh, it's funny to me every time. <laughs> uh, Beardguard. This is Sean's Beardguard. Lord Commander George the Golden. 
Sir Joshua Okar, the White Oak, Lady Rita of the Coppermane, the Unbound, Dance the Fervor. That's one of my favorite slogans in here, by the way. Dance the Fervor. Perfect for Sean. Sir Jeff, Warden of the AC, Wielder of Triad, the Multifaceted Beard of Platinum, Red and, bl- and Brown. Stay frosty. Okay, and finally, the history of Westeros, Night's Watch. And hopefully they're watching for all of us. Lord Commander Benjen Umber, the Silent Giant, Wielder of the Valyrian Steel Greatsword, Winter's Kiss. First Ranger, Fabian Flowers, the Bastard of Greenshield. First Builder, Patchface of Motley Wisdom. And First Steward, Ser Jurian of the Torrentine, called Palewind. And, okay, so, now that I've said all of that, you guys have already told us who you are, but please do that again so I can take a break from talking. Let's start <laughs> with you, Chloe. Uh, I'm Chloe. I'm on Twitter and Tumblr as Lies and Arbor. I'm currently working on a huge part, five part Ashara Dane piece uh, that I've been putting out. So check that out on there. You can also find my podcast, Drunk, A Song of Ice and Fire History on YouTube and also on Podbean. Uh, And I'm really looking forward to Ice and FireCon. I'm the marketing director for Ice and FireCon. So you might see me on their Instagram or on Twitter. Uh, and we hope to see you there. If you can come, tickets are on sale till April 20th. So make sure to use history to get your $5 off. Mm-hmm. You might have other plans that day, so get it done the day early. Uh, what about uh, Tara? Tell us more about yourself since you're also with Ice and Fire Con and some other things. Uh, so yeah, I am the founder and organizer of Ice and Fire Con. Um, I'm also, I don't know, a panelist of podcaster and author i do a million things um wear a million hats but ice and fire con is my main song Ice and fire fandom thing sometimes i i i very often lurk on the song of ice and fire reddit and sometimes i post i went i went into a posting mode last night so uh i'm at a geek saga literally everywhere it's uh, a g-e-e-k-s-a-g-a and it's instagram reddit twitter uh that's that's my tumblr it's my username everywhere so, all right, and also IceandFireCon.com yeah. <laughs> and IceandFireCon and all that other stuff. You like, guys are everywhere. Follow, <laughs> yeah, follow, follow us. Yeah, you guys are <laughs> Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook. You know, I'm sure you guys have a Google Plus or some random old thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> no Google Plus. Okay, I, I, we might have Google Plus. You might, I have no you might well, uh, accidentally, <laughs> accidentally, because everyone who has Google <laughs> has that. But yes, uh, okay. Uh, what about you, Haley? Uh, I am Haley Bowery. I'm the singer from and front person of the Manimals. You can find that band at www.manimals.band. And then we're on Instagram and Twitter as uh, at Manimals Band. Uh, you can find our record on Bandcamp, uh, on Spotify, all over. It's called Seven. And uh, you have some cool videos, too, for that. Uh, do you have some videos? Oh, yeah. We have, videos. We have some videos for. The, some of the songs from Seven, and then uh, I think for like we have one for um, the Aria song, for our uh, Tyrion one, and um, I did like a mashup of uh, an Ed Sheeran song mm. plus Hands of Gold plus our song about oh, Cersei yeah, yeah. to do. And then we also, a friend of, of mine and I, did a parody uh, rap oh, yeah. about Harrenhal. That one's great. And uh, Well, it's called Harrenhal, yeah. and it's about Robert's Rebellion, <laughs> and we try to 
get all the history in uh, to the tune of the Beastie Boys Sabotage. So you can find that on YouTube. And um, also I'm on Twitter, but I rarely use it, but it's at Haley Bowery. And I'll see you at Ice and Fire Con. I got a dragon onesie in the mail yesterday. <laughs> awesome. That sounds great. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> Do you have any other dragons to be with you? Or are you just going to be the sole dragon? Which dragon are you? Do you Are you just Haley the dragon? It, well, it's green, so I guess I'm Riggle. Okay. But like, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it sort of looks like a... Uh, what's it? The green is that from Pizza? Yeah, no, that right that, yeah, that one's green. It kind of looks a lot like that. It's right, really yeah. like jolly looking. Yeah, jolly green. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Okay, Lady Gwen, you told us a little bit of what you guys are up to. Refresh us on that. Yeah. Uh, so I am with Radio Westeros podcast, and you can find us on YouTube, iTunes, RadioWesteros.com, and probably. You know, from there, we find all of our <clears throat> social media. Uh, we just wrapped up a long series on the War of the Five Kings, three parts, hmm. going on eight hours. <laughs> uh, we've also covered all of the Five Kings individually. Uh, but if that's not too bad, we're also in the middle of a series on uh, the myths and legends of ice and fire. We've gone north, we've gone south, we're going east, hmm. and pretty soon we might just go all the way around the world. Yeah. So um, got a lot of that coming up and also... Going to be at Ice and Farcon next month. Yeah, so. very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. So, yeah, as for me, I was on uh, Chloe's Drunk Song of Ice and Fire History, and we talked about Nymeria. You can find that, look at Twitter, go to her channel, look at History Westeros, Westeros History on YouTube, our likes. I liked it there. Whatever, look it up. I don't know. I'm not going to hold your hand. Uh, <laughs> but you can find that. It was my first time getting drunk in years my last time getting drunk in years uh, as well, but it was great. Zach from Game of Owns made my drinks very strong, but I was unable to tell, so I got too drunk. So that's a fun time uh, and fitting given uh, that we're doing another Nymeria episode coming up. So uh, yeah, I'll be at Ice and Fire Con as well. Like I said, you can use the code HISTORY. Whoa, Aziz! <laughs> <laughs> he started playing music very link, loud. I was giving the link for the Heron Hall video. Oh, it was Heron and Hall. It was beginning to Heron Hall. It just like in my ears. I just was. I, I don't know if anyone else heard that because like it might be recording desktop audio. I think everyone might have heard that. So let me know if you heard that because that was hilarious. Uh, I think maybe people did. Anyways, that's my cue to wrap it up. So uh, thank you, Aziz, for doing a near flawless job. I would call that like uh, the cherry on top. That was that was a good call to play that. So everyone watch the Heron Hall video now. Okay. Thank you guys for joining me. We'll have another one. Uh, not ladies only, but we'll have another one. And I will do this again. It's just hard to pick just for guests, honestly. We, we we managed to do it by keeping it to Ice and Fire Con people. We're like, okay, I'm going to invite people to go to, they're going to Ice and Fire Con. We're going to talk about that. Because it's just, I just want to invite everyone on the show. I want to talk to you all. So, uh, Aziz, you can do the intro outro now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>